I'm well. How are you, Chelsea? Good. You look great. <laughs> I miss that smile. You lived in Toronto. Yes. Moved to Calgary. Yes. Which is when I met you. You were sort of commuting. Yeah, yeah. Once a month. Yeah, I would spend about a week a month in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. when I was in Calgary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember you used to come in the office, you used to wheel your little luggage in. Everyone knew you were in the office. Oh, yeah, you could hear me from the airport, no? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then you you went on mat leave. I did, yeah, for with Myla. She came a little bit faster than expected. Yeah, I think I met you. You were on mat leave when I started. What year did you active. start? So I'm in my fifth year. I'm starting my fifth year. Okay, that would make sense then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then you came back and then I guess a couple of years or whatever later, you went on mat leave again. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Ontario. So I'm thinking in my head, oh, I'll, I'll finally be able to to see you and know more about you. And, uh, and then I see, oh, She's retiring on a farm. I go, oh, that's and like cool. And then you just see all of these photos you're sharing, and th- so yeah. let me- it's uh, it's a bit mind blowing for myself, and I'm living it. So <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So when was this always like a plan? No, not really. Like it, it. In all sincerity, it all happened rather quickly. Um, having children uh, really, like all the cliches are true. We, okay. it's, it's one of those um, scenarios where you have kids and then you start to recognize how time is finite. <laughs> it's not mm. infinite. Yeah. Um, and you start to reprioritize. Um, Quite honestly, I kind of just plugged away with what came next. I took the path of least resistance. I didn't put a whole lot of consideration into my life choices. It was just one of those, you go to school until you can go to post-secondary and then you get a job in which you stick at it and climb the corporate ladder and you get married and then you have kids and then you retire. Like that was, that was what I thought my life was going to be like. Sure. Um, and then I had Myla, um, and I think being isolated in Calgary really did contribute to, um, that like isolating feeling where, um, I just, I didn't have friends and family out there. So when I was leaving my daughter to go to work she was with a stranger she was with a stranger that was for me too so I had always thought when I would have kids my mom was semi-retired my dad was going to be retired I I had always just thought in my head she would be with family like my, my children would be with family so it wouldn't be so tough to leave them um but then going back to work I had major anxiety. Uh, Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was petrified about leaving her with somebody else. And I mean, we really lucked out. We found a daycare provider um, who was wonderful. She became a part of our our network of people. um, And and I had utmost confidence in her. But there was always this like nagging feeling that somebody else was raising my child. And that was not the intent behind having children. Oh, wow. The bulk of her awake hours with somebody else. Um, And Mm. it just, it didn't sit right. Um, And I actually liked my job. I liked the team I worked for. Andrew is a fantastic leader. Um, He, he, he let me work remotely from Calgary, like talk about an out of the box thinker and being flexible and attracting the right type of talents. Right. Um, so I have like, it was a really tough decision to Mm -hmm. decide to stay home because I actually quite liked my job, but I didn't 
I wasn't getting like a fulfillment from it. It wasn't one of those, um, I would take vacation and get real excited to go back to work. And I, I knew lots of people who did have that. Um, this was a, a way to make a living. Um, sure, sure. Relatively good with it. And I enjoyed the people I worked with. The yeah, team yeah. Um, but it didn't make up for not being able to see, like only getting to see Myla two hours out of the day, like while she was awake. Interesting, That's- yeah. So, um, at the time we were really, my husband and I were really money motivated. Um, so what was your, what was your husband doing in Calgary? So he was actually still with the same company, just doing a different role. So he's in automation. So out here, he was kind of like an account manager and then he got a sales job uh, working with the oil companies out in. in Okay. 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 So, and then neither one of us had really lived anywhere else outside of our hometowns. Like we'd always been in this little pocket of Ontario and um, like the most branching out I did was I moved to Aurora from Brampton. Like it's, (laughs) that was it. Um, So, and we were engaged and it was like, oh, this is like this exciting newlywed adventure. It's a great way to start our marriage. And, and in hindsight, it actually was, but um, it was this, that's the big ticket. We can make a lot of money out in Calgary. Sure. And that was our definition of success, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You make more money. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're out there. We're making more money. Um, we're checking the boxes, you know, like, uh, yeah, married check, uh, post-secondary check, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yet we were no happier. <laughs> we mm. were less happier. Um, I struggled working from home 100% of the time. Uh, I found it very lonely. Um, so that probably contributed a little bit towards sure. um, wanting to be home with the kids, even though yeah. back here I could have been in the office more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also limited where we could move when we came back. Okay. I would have to be closer to the office. So Jesse's role now, he, um, he takes care of a territory. So he's traveling all the time. So it didn't matter as much where we were uh, based. Ah, so he's still working for the old company. He, so it's the automation company. He's automation company, sorry. With, um, uh, a distributor out here as opposed okay. to the oil companies out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. So he, like, it's less money, um, but he's able to have a much more flexible schedule. And with having young children, that was really important to him. He felt like he was missing everything. That's a big change, eh? going from chasing a career, trying to climb to making a decision to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was that a, like a thing that just clicked or was it? a discussion that needed to be had? There was many discussions. It was um, kind of both of us being like, hey, you know, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but you kind of have been stressed a lot lately. And then that turned into, okay, we're we're coming on six months of like you being in this kind of a funk. What, what is it? What, like, let's get to the root of what it is. And at the time you're able to kind of slough it off where it's, uh, you know, a uh, lot of deadlines at work or a big project or you're just tired from taking care of kids. And so we did that for a little bit. And then it, it, it really came down to, okay, this is not right. And we cannot live the rest of our lives feeling like this. So mm. what's going on? Like what yeah. is it? And um, that, that kind of spun into we don't feel like we're doing anything for ourselves. We feel like everything we're doing is what we've been told we should be doing. Oh, okay. Um, so, and, and not like, a, it was never like my parents or sure. some like being like, you have to, it was just kind of like what you learn, what you yeah. absorb from being out in society. Um, and like I said, I kind of just, followed the next step. I never actually took a step back to be like, what is it that I, I like, do I have a passion? Is there, 
something I could be doing that would positively contribute to society. Um, mm. So it was, yeah, let's, let's take a step back and see what it is that we want to do. Um, and my husband, as his company is fantastic and he quite likes his job as well. Yeah. But eventually I think the intent is, is that we can get to a place where we don't have to work we can kind of just live. Sure. Any sense. Yeah, yeah. So when you came back to Ontario, yeah. Um, was the idea that so you know I can see that you know you wanted to stay home. Yeah. Um, but was the idea to start a farm to start that thing, or did uh, it just happen that you had a big property? So we, ha uh, no, we intentionally bought a big property. Um, so there was a bit of, uh, when we moved back to Ontario, what do we want that to look like? Um, because in Calgary, we lived in a lovely community. Uh, we were in a detached, it was a bigger home than we're currently living in. Um, but we sat right on top of our neighbors. So it was one of those, you would go out to barbecue and literally be looking yeah. your neighbor face, face to face. Um, and at, there's nothing wrong with that. It was just one of those, we'd always lived like that. We'd always lived without sure. really privacy or space or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so when we decided that we were going to come out back out to Ontario, it was important that we have a little bit of space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we literally plotted out on a map. This is where Jesse's family lives. This is where my family lives. This is where our close friends live. And then it was like a circle of this is the area. This is where we're comfortable living that we're close enough that we can get sure. to places. Um, and then uh, my husband is an avid researcher, bless his soul, because <laughs> that's not my strong suit. Uh, it's, it's become one since being here, but at the time, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he came across this property and it was, uh, Chelsea, you got to check this out because we knew we wanted space. We knew we wanted to try and find a way to make our property generate money for us. Okay. Or at least a, a lifestyle change for us. Um, but we didn't know what that was going to look like. We didn't know if it was, we would set up an event space or we would, um, run farmers markets or do, uh, CSAs, which is community supported agriculture. So that's essentially, people pay up front for their baskets throughout the year. Oh, okay. Or for about 26 weeks through yeah. the spring to the fall. Um, so we didn't know what that was going to look like, whether we were going to board horses or have livestock or rent to other farmers. Um, and the property we landed on was um, a hobby farm, but it had, it wasn't set up in this niche way that we would be pigeonholed in. Okay what we were going to have to do. So it was one of those, we have a general idea, but nothing concrete and the opportunities are endless. So let's, let's go here. The house was a little rough. The property was immaculate. <laughs> okay. So tell me if I, if I'm on, if I'm on the highway or whatever, yeah. and I, and I turn into your property, take, walk me through that. What does that look like? Yeah. So we're actually, um, off of highway 35, right okay. off. Of so, um, you take the uh oh my gosh 401 to the 4 415 oh my god Hi, 115 thank you oh my god <laughs> so you take the 401 to the 115 you take that north and then you get off on 35 it would be heading towards into Lindsay yeah. um, and we are on the west hand side you go down a private drive we're the last property at the end of a private drive so we sell, uh, share a driveway with three other people okay um you drive in we have a three-car garage off on the right hand side and our greenhouse and our gardens are right behind that and um our house is on the left and then you keep going down that we have a two-car garage then a barn the chicken coops i'm currently in our bunkie i'm not here i can show you what is a bunkie? It's just a little outbuilding. Like it's like this tiny okay. little, Jesse usually uses this as his work from home space. So wait, that, that spot that you just showed me. Yeah. Up to the trees. Is that yours? Yeah. So we're actually just to the other side of the trees. Oh, wow. So it's actually a giant like L backwards L. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, we have a bunkie here. We have a lodge just across um, that we're gonna hopefully turn into an Airbnb, like an off-grid Airbnb eventually. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, about, right now it's about eight acres of forested land in the back. And we've um, actually cleared out two areas for campsites that we rent for Airbnbs as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. We we did it for ourselves. Like we did the first one just to have a place to go into the woods and camp. Yeah. Um, and then it was, why don't we list it on Airbnb and see what happens? And honestly, I expected nothing. And from the moment we listed it till yeah. the end of September, we had it rented every single weekend. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That is nuts. That is great. That's great. Yeah. So what was the first thing that you guys did when you got there? Painted everything in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tore the carpet out. Um, the people who lived here before, there was a little bit of animosity between oh. the the individuals. So in the midst of all of that, um, the house kind of went to shambles. Um, I think they had some sick pets in the house. So I, mm. Yeah, the carpet downstairs was awful. Um, so we had like all hands on deck, friends, family. We painted everything just white, trim white, everything <laughs> white. Yeah, everything white. Um, it got the smoking smell out. It got all of that. Oh wow! Um, and then we lived like our basement was concrete. Um, we had uh, what? Floor to ceiling walls of mirrors in our bathroom. <laughs> it was quite, wow. <laughs> quite interesting. Yes. Um, and actually, I bawled my eyes out the first night we moved in here. Um, you thought you made a mistake? Yeah. It yeah. felt really unsafe, honestly, how dirty the house was. I had a four month old, no, sorry, she would have been six months when we finally moved in. I had a six month old and a two and a half year old and it was i'm like don't touch that don't touch that don't touch that like just constantly um but you know what my husband is so good at having visions and yeah. i'm really good at trusting that and it, it did it all worked out now what was the first thing you built outside i know you've got a chicken coop i don't know if that's new or not no, the chicken coop was actually here. Uh, it's okay. funny, when we moved in, we inherited their chickens. Oh. Um, so that was really cool. And actually, um, our now neighbors, they kept their goats here for the first month that we were here until they moved into the farm next door. So it was lovely. Our first little month here, we had goats and we had chickens. And uh, it oh was... Oh, my goodness. It was like a... a uh, so... Being in the house always made me a little bit anxious, but the second you came outside, it was just like, oh, this is this is why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. quickly did you buy your first uh, pair of plaid shirts or whatever? I always love plaid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, now it's just like a regular. Occurrence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you had the you had the goats, you had the chicken. Yeah, um, the greenhouse was the next, the like the out the outdoor structure that we did first. Um, I think that's what I first saw. I saw building that. I go, what the heck is she doing? Yeah, it was great. So again, the people before us, bef um, you could tell that he really loved the property. Um, he took really good care, and he had very big plans. Um, so I mean, my heart goes out to him that it didn't work out, but yeah, yeah. he had already bought parts for the greenhouse. So he had already intended to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just took those parts and those pieces and added on and then, and then raised it basically. So. Would yeah. you watch YouTube videos to do this or do you hire people or what would tell me? Uh, let me tell you, there's no way I, we could have ever done this if it wasn't for the day and age that we lived in. If there was not a YouTube video on how to literally do everything, <laughs> we wouldn't be here. Wow. So, yeah. So you guys did it all yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was actually a motivating factor for my husband. Um, so he really likes his job and what he does. Um, but he sits in an office or in a car, he's in meetings all day and he's a very, um, like he, he likes to use power tools. He likes to build. Okay. Okay. He, 
and, and that was our struggle actually in Calgary too, was we knew that that wasn't going to be our forever home. Um, we knew we were going to have kids and we would eventually want to get back to Ontario. So we didn't want to do a bunch of investments into the house we were living in. Sure. Because didn't really make sense. We weren't going to be there for the long term. Um, so we kind of grew stagnant there. We would, uh, when it was just the two of us, we would hike and go to the mountains and do all this. But then you have a kid and you're kind of more homebound and yeah. you, know, you have the best of intentions to not sure. follow their schedule. Everyone's happier when you do. Um, so <laughs> we found ourselves sitting on the couch watching Netflix most nights and it just wasn't fulfilling. That's amazing. So, the, so what's, what's in the greenhouse? So right now um, I have some cherry tomatoes and some hothouse tomatoes. I have okay. peppers getting ready to go in, my cucumber plants, uh, zucchini, and then I will have romas going in as well. So I make all my tomato sauce for the year. So I grow a, between 36 to 50 roma plants a year and then that becomes our sauce for the the season yeah um and melons melons that's the other stuff we grow in there oh, oh and I have a strawberry patch as well in there oh wow yeah it's a pretty decent size it's about 30 feet by 50 feet yeah 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 that's so big it's a decent size and i have my ducks in there right now too sorry your ducks are in the greenhouse yeah okay yeah okay um in there say that again nice and toasty in there yeah i can imagine so they only have their little fluff right now. They don't have their feathers. So ah. they have to stay warm all of the time, especially when they don't have their moms. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so the greenhouse was last year or the year before? The greenhouse was... How long have you been there for now? Uh, we're three years now. Three years, yeah. okay. So we moved, we actually, so we moved from Calgary in April of 2017 and so we were kind of traveling gypsies for a few weeks. Um, Jesse actually took paternity leave as well um, because there was just, there were so many things we had to do to get ready for it. Like we needed a tractor. Who, who knows anything about tractors? Cause I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, we had to go to dealerships to find the right tractor. We needed to get um, like a zero turn, a ride on mower. Um, it, like I said, the house was in shambles. There was actually about six inches of gray water that was sitting in our bathtub. So it was like contacting plumbers and getting electricians in. A lot to of work sure to do. Actually safe. So he took um, four months paternity. We spent about seven weeks with my parents and his parents bouncing back mm -hmm. and forth. And then we moved in here May, the end of May, 2017. Happy uh, anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, three years, almost to the day. <laughs> so the stuff in the greenhouse, that's for you guys for like, what do you yeah. do with it? So we initially thought we were going to do some sort of like urban type farming, um, farmers markets, uh, basically farming for profit. That was yeah. our initial intent when we, when we came out here. So the first year was kind of like, let's get the garden set up. Let's try growing a bunch of stuff. I mean, like we were greener than anything. So yeah, um, sure. Let's just get some experience. And then we still had really young children that took a ton of time. So it was one of those, let's be realistic and get some experience under our belt. Um, yep. It was evident pretty quickly that growing produce for profits was not going to be sustainable for our family. Um, it was going to be a situation where either Jesse was going to have to quit his job. So we would have lost that, that steady income. Um, or we were going to have to invest way more money than we were comfortable investing. Okay. Um, we would have lost a lot of time with friends and family too, which would have been fine if we were okay with the sacrifice, but yeah. we weren't. So like farmer's markets, it would have been Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Every weekend, yeah. The duration of the summer. Um, even the CSA baskets, even if I did that on a Thursday, you still have to be at the farm farming um, to be able to do that. And there was also this aspect of you had to put in more manpower to generate more income in this model of, okay. of growing food for produce. So it was either okay. 
we were going to have to uh, move out of using hand tools and go into a more mechanicalized uh, method of farming, yes. which is astronomical in terms of an investment. Um, and or we ourselves were going to have to dedicate more time to it, and it, it just it just wasn't realistic. Wow. So what do you what do you do with all the stuff? So that's where it morphed into kind of more of a homesteading thing where I okay. actually really enjoy gardening. I really enjoy having animals on the farm, but um, it, it couldn't just be a hobby. It can't just be a hobby. There has to be some sort of payback, so to yeah. speak. Some ROI, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what we started to do. I started to grow the things that we would most need, and it, it slowly morphs throughout the years. So, uh, like this year, I'm going to grow way more carrots than I've ever grown before because I can freeze them and I can store them in barrels out in the greenhouse for the the winter, and they'll be fine in the spring. And that's something that I don't have to buy at the grocery store then anymore. Um, oh, yeah. so it's it kind of like year over year I've started to record how many jars of tomato sauce we go through how many jars of maple syrup do we go through how much honey do we need um and you kind of just like track it and then you can adjust and as we're doing that it opens up time for us to um it, explore other things and figure out other things um, and so we're slowly trying to get to the point where we're more and more self-sufficient. So right now we're on a well, we're on a septic. Um, uh, we do still get electricity, but the intent is to eventually move over to alternative forms of um, energy as well. But wow. these are things that require investment and we're on one income. So, yeah. and like, I'm telling you, our project list, it's just like, and then every day we just add another one. <laughs> but you're like, you're doing something, right? Well, this is it. It's, it's one of those, let's keep, let's, as long as we keep checking off certain things and moving forward, um, that's what we have to focus on. Cause I will be honest, there are some days that it's just so overwhelming and I feel like we haven't accomplished anything because our to-do list is still, and you have to pause and look back and be like, no, 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 we have actually accomplished things. It's just, it's, it, the opportunities are endless. So yeah. you have to take a moment to reflect back on sure. where you started. Otherwise it seems like you've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see like a books being written, you guys writing books, you guys, doing workshops and you know. yeah actually it's interesting you said that about the workshops um so being out here you end up meeting like-minded people and just even through research so like I've joined homesteading groups and uh like chicken enthusiasts pages <laughs> and yeah, like all of this stuff and so you end up meeting people who are doing similar things or have similar intents um and yeah you just you you so i've met all these people that are experts or have more experience and so it yeah. has turned into this like i would love to have you come on to our property and and teach what you know to other people who are trying to do that yeah um, I, I have a girlfriend who's a yoga instructor and I'm like, please, please if I get baby goats, will you come do goat yoga? Like, like there's like, the opportunities are literally endless. Sure. Even from the Airbnb perspective, like if we, we have two campsites now functioning, if we get this lodge, that's like an off grid um, sort of thing where there's a, like a compost toilet and um, a fire burning stove and all of that stuff. Um, People would pay for that that generates income yeah and then it's yeah. a guest for us too when we have people come and stay with us that's for sure i'm just going to your instagram page here so that i can uh, continue asking you all these questions about your space <laughs> what what came after the um the greenhouse um we built the garden beds right beside it um so when we moved here there was a small garden um they had uh, like a little garden plots um it was probably about 20 by 15 feet and then so we had the greenhouse which is about 30 by 50 and then we did another garden beds um that's roughly the same size as the greenhouse 
right beside it. So tell me about these boxes. Cardboard, cardboard cardboard boxes. The cardboard boxes that I've been storing <laughs> for three. What are, what are you using them for? Uh, as landscape fabric, essentially. Landscape. Um, I see. I don't even know what all this means. Oh, you think I knew about what any of this? <laughs> first moved here. Yeah. No. Um. So one of the most important things for gardeners is to keep weeds under control because sure. they will overtake your garden and they'll affect how much fruit your plants make and all of that stuff. Um, and so landscape fabric is just a really easy way to prevent weeds from growing. You're essentially smothering the ground so that we, if weed seeds blow in, they can't germinate. Um, but it's uh, biodegradable. So over time, it, it breaks down. Um, so we're at a point where we need to replace where we've, we've laid it. Uh, and with this whole COVID uh, scenario, people have gone crazy with their gardening. So seeds are in short, short supply. Uh, landscape fabric is really tough to find. And our supplier that we normally got it through, um, their price on it had it was not the same price that it had been and we weren't willing to pay what they were asking for. So began my research on what, what can I use? And it's like cardboard. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have so much cardboard. <laughs> this is perfect. Oh <laughs> so my goodness. Out and we'll see what happens. So cardboard essentially does the same thing. It blocks the light below the soil. Um, there is some controversy that does, uh, there has been a research, uh, uh, sorry, a study done that has shown that cardboard might not let as much oxygen into the soil as you want it to, but we'll okay. see. We'll figure it out. We'll see if that doesn't work. Then I guess I have to add more compost next year. Ah, you got a potato box. What's that? Is that where you grow potatoes? Yeah. So again, never knew this. Um, potatoes, you have to hill as they grow and then you get more potatoes. So when you put them in the ground, you essentially have to build a trench and then slowly hill soil up. And it's kind of cumbersome to do out of the ground. Um, so a lot of people use uh, either boxes, bins, people use old tires. So you start with one tire and then when the plant gets to a certain height, you add the next tire and you, you dump more soil in. Oh, so, that's what you do. Okay. Yeah. So that's what this bin is. Um, you'll notice on the front, there's like just the small lip and then we'll just keep adding crates as it, as the plants grow. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. And we have the tractor. So I'll just front load some, some compost and some triple mix into, uh, into the front loader and then just dump it into the box. So it's going to make my life a lot easier. So you can operate, you operate the tractor as well. Oh, I do. That was, are you? Let's be serious. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm not gonna give in to this excuse on the grass needs to be cut or the tractor needs something needs to be done. The tractor, so he gets to go off and do all that while I'm still at home with the kids. So, Wish. so you do you identify as a stay-at-home mom? Do you identify as a farmer, a a uh, a businesswoman? Like, what do you identify as in terms of that? Uh, it's hard to not get lost in the being a mom thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably one of the things I struggle with currently to this day is remembering that at one point in time, I was more than just a mom um, and that I'm still more than just a mom <laughs> at this, at this stage. Um, but uh, I, I actually quite enjoy being at home with the girls. Nice. Um, I feel so lucky and so fortunate that we're able to do it because I, I know from my own personal network of friends, people who would love to be able to be at home with their kids and just financially cannot do it. Um, so on my rough days, I take a moment and I remember that they're small for such a short period of time and yeah. eventually gonna have their own life. And I am nothing but just thankful that I get this, this time with them. Um, but I, I don't really identify as any one thing. Is that, it, yeah. It honestly depends on the day. <laughs> How are winters up there? 
Um, I mean, they're, they're no rougher than okay. I, I don't have to deal with a commute. So, no. uh, I mean, that's a win. Um, Calgary, you, we got a lot of snow. Uh, forget um, it. They, uh, the Calgary's the worst. Yeah, it was, it was frigid there. Um, that was another reason actually why I needed to learn how to drive the tractor. Uh, our, because we're on a private drive, it's about uh, anywhere from like 300 to 500 meters long. Um, so like getting Myla to school <laughs> or having to leave the house and, and Jesse traveling for work, I'd be home alone and he'd be gone for a few nights. I have to be able to get out. So our snowblower is actually on our tractor and <laughs> that, that allows me to get out. <laughs> Do you, I, I didn't get this post, this uh, Batman post. Oh yeah. That was just a fun project. That was, what, what is that um, thing? What is that? It's a bat house. It literally is a bat house. Yeah. You can't, you, you don't get my, my 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 Batman theme song? No, I did, but then I didn't know. We, was it something <laughs> to keep the bats away? So no, this is a bat no. house. Yeah, come on. My emoticons, right? It's a bat and then a house. Okay. That's I, okay. I, you didn't know me well enough to get my sense of humor. Nikki no. was all over that. <laughs> so, tell, so tell me, you, uh, you guys had bats and so you built them a home where you wanted to attract bats because it's uh, one of your projects to do? Schooling. Home yeah. schooling now. Um, Actually, Myla had watched an episode of Wild Kratz. Do you know that show? Yeah, at all? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, she'd watched an episode on bats, and it was like, can we build a bat house? And we have scrap everything here. So it became a, all right, yeah, let's, let's build a bat house. So it became a little project for us. And um, yeah, it's just another way. So again, some of the intent behind this homesteading is to operate it um, kind of in balance, so a, a permaculture. So having bats will eat the mosquitoes, which will make it that much nicer for us to sit outside and enjoy our bonfires. So it's, a, it's attracting the right sort of pests yeah. <laughs> to balance everything else out. Sure, sure. Did yeah. I did, did, did dust? There was nothing. There was nothing behind that other than it was a fun project with the kids. That's so cool. <laughs> what did Dustin think of that post? Why does he like bats? Oh, you haven't heard his bats. You need to get in touch with Dustin. Oh my God, he was on my team, and I had no idea. They had bats in they their bats? in their new house. Oh my God! No, I will have to touch base with him. <laughs> Yes, and they're He's expecting. Amazing. Yes, yeah. that, that's amazing, him and Lindsay. That yeah. is awesome. That is so good. Um, and you've got beehives. Yeah, those are really fun. That was actually one of the first things that okay. um, we got up and running here. Um, so they're not actually our hives. So this is where my, okay. my barter backgrounds came in quite handy. Nice. Um, yeah. So we actually answered an ad on Kijiji. We were looking at whether people were actually advertising chunks of land for other farmers. To okay. farm. so, so the people just to the south of us, um, they, they rent to other farmers. So it's like one year it was corn, another year it was wheat. Um, but uh, so we actually were looking that up as a way to maybe generate a little bit of added income. Yeah. Fund some more of the projects that we wanted to do. And so we're on Kijiji looking at how people phrase it. And, and there's an ad for a beekeeper looking for space to put his hives. So we answered the ads and he came out and took a look and um, he actually had to run it through the government. Um, oh. They just it's it's um it's more of a method to make sure that there's not too many hives competing with each other okay um and so once it was an all clear he came out and we have we have 25 hives yeah and so like are these just out in the field somewhere is there if you can even see it from here oh no you can't it's down the hill a bit um they're yeah they're just out so Right here, 
you see the ridge at all? Yes. So they're just they're just on the other sides of that ridge, but they're right um, they're directly east of my greenhouse. Okay. So it's lovely. They pollinate everything. They I have a great respect for my bees. Or yeah. The, yeah. The bees. So tell me about this barter thing. He got to have his own place. He gets, he, uh, we give him access to our property so that he can go and take care. He does all the maintenance. He answers my bajillions of questions very, very patiently. Yeah. And uh, we get paid in honey. From Boom. our house. Done. So it's raw honey that was sourced from the plants that we grow in our area and it's, it's wonderful yeah you said you said earlier maple syrup do you guys tap yes yeah so we only do 10 trees we just do enough for our family okay. um but again like this is another project that we want to do right now um we boil it down using a propane burner um definitely not the most cost effective method so we would like to eventually build a sugar shack wow you need to you need to look up my friend okay her she's she's in uh she has an agency but she also has this farm um maple syrup farm oh what is it oh my goodness it's up near bob cajun okay so that's in the core though i might have heard of it Lori Dylan Schalk is her name. Uh, the name of their place is Black Black Dog, I think. Black Dog. So on Instagram, Black Dog Maple. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah. Well, I will take take a look at that. And uh, yeah, they've got uh, besides the maple syrup, they've got bears that go through their property all the time they've got a beaver dam that they need to fight with every year oh yeah there's are, they're a nuisance. yeah they've got uh i think cross-country trails or something and they've yeah. got this huge shack that um shacks are really cool yeah my goodness that's amazing like it smells amazing yeah and her kids like her kids basically help run the whole yeah operation yeah see and like so uh we have neighbors who do a much bigger operation as well and when i go running down that road that's how i know when it's time to tap because they actually have like the lines that run yeah. through all yeah. of the trees we just have that basic kit that you tap in a bucket yeah. and then i haul the two kids out with the tractor and we gather it and bring it back and strain it and like it's 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 a much more manual process hence why we only do it for ourselves yeah. um, but uh, again the amount of sap we get from 10 trees i have to stop boiling it once we get to the our, our point of this is all we need for that's the all yeah it's, it's insane how much you can get but like you need 50 liters of maple sap to get one liter of maple syrup that's a lot so it just everything else evaporates yeah that's it you basically end up with like the sugar in it wow and like i said it just smells delicious yeah i can imagine <laughs> wow what are these blue eggs uh blue egg oh those are the robin's nests so they're actually blue yeah yeah i didn't know that bright blue like the best colors you could ever find are just in nature it's it's yeah. crazy it's the same thing like my the green of plant like it's it's just it's beautiful i sound like such a nerd but it's <laughs> and are you are you eating the mushrooms off of the land too uh not quite no? um yeah it's funny actually jesse's cousin in calgary he grows his own mushrooms um okay. so we've been speaking to him about the process and we have a lot of the stuff we need to actually be able to start doing it but um oh. not nearly advanced enough to be able to forage my own mushrooms there are way too many really 
bad ones for you that I don't think I'd ever, ever do that. But I, I am actually interested in starting to grow our own, own mushrooms. Ah, when, when was, a, before you started this farming life? Yeah. When did you ever use the word forage? Um, probably never. <laughs> Kareem, I couldn't even boil an egg until I was like 21 years old. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I had no life skills. None. Now I can put snow tires on my car. I can yeah. drive a tractor. I can forage. <laughs> you can forage. What do you forage at your place? Besides uh, the stuff that you grow in the in the greenhouse and all I, that. I was gonna say actually not a lot. Like, no. not, like besides besides the gathering of like the maple sap and uh, the bees do the foraging for me. Yeah, yeah. So you said you go grocery shopping once a month. Yes. What yeah. are you getting? What sort of things do you need? So I I get a lot of like the the pantry items. So um, flour. I'm not quite at the growing and milling my own flour stage. Um, so yeah, so, uh, flour, any of you like the, your baking necessities, baking soda, baking powder, vanilla. Um, okay. uh, I, I still get my pasta, um, uh, things like coconut milk, my nuts, <laughs> almonds, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot, like generally, most of our produce is is from us. And you made your own bagels, I see. Yeah, that was fun. Were they tasty? They were so good. Oh. Okay, here's the other thing. So yeah. with this COVID, so I actually make a lot of our own bread, which is why I need flour and all that stuff. And and again, being so remote you have to learn how to do this because if you run out of bread, then you just don't have bread. Like I, I can't take an hour sure. out of my day to just go grab a loaf of bread. Um, so that was one of the first things I started baking when I was out here was bread, but I used yeast um, yeah. and like natural occurring yeast, like con commercialized packaged yeast. Um, and there's a shortage of it. I mean, there's a shortage of flour too right now, but uh, yeah. I haven't been able to find yeast. So I started attempting sourdough. Okay. Yeah. So that's essentially, it's wild yeast, right? You just activate the wild yeast in the flour. Um, it's supposed to be manageable for people who even have uh, like yeast intolerances because it's naturally occurring. It's much more gradual and not so um, intense on your digestive system. But my bread... I swear to God, you could anchor a boat with it. <laughs> sourdough, the, my sourdough bread is is terrible. The pancakes are amazing, but I haven't okay. quite, quite mastered the uh, the bread making from the sourdough yet. <laughs> wow, you might you've you've you have you surprised yourself with what you've been doing? Yes, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, it's. It's been good for me in the sense that um, I've always been a bit of a perfectionist okay. um, and I didn't ever really attempt things that I wasn't certain I was going to be good at. Um, I didn't like the idea of failure, so to speak. All right. Um, and coming out here, it's, you make a lot of mistakes when you're sure. trying new things. So I, I've lost an entire flock of chickens to coyotes. Whoa. Yeah, that was a rough one. Um, I, I wanted them to be completely free range. I wanted my chickens to live their best life. And <laughs> they did. They spent a whole summer living their best life. But in the fall, when food was not as readily available, uh, coyotes came in and they, they took the whole flock. Yeah. So that, wow. that was, that was a rough one. Like that. And, and, and when we talk about failing, we're not talking about like, I, I, I bombed a meeting or I bombed a presentation. 10 chickens lost their life because of a mistake that I made. So yeah. it, it like, you have to start to learn that failure is a part of the process. Sure. Um, and that you just 
do better the next time. And you know, that goes kind of hand in hand with being a parent, right? Like, I, I don't know, but I go to bed most nights reflecting on all the things I could have done better, all the times I could have been just that much more patient with my kids. And so they kind of go hand in hand, the, the learning how to have livestock and grow living plants and then also nurturing children to grow. And the, the, the blunders you make along the way are a little bit more catastrophic than when you're just dealing with the minutia stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have a lake around you close by? Uh, there are lots of like small little pockets of lakes, but we're not actually very close to okay. a body of water. I think Rice Lake is probably the closest. Okay. Yeah. 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 But so, in, and um, it's really windy here. Um, so we have like, there are wind turbines. Um, okay. Around. Uh, they're not close enough that we can hear anything where yeah. we are, but they are around. Um, but the lack of the water and the constant wind actually makes like black flies and mosquitoes and like all of that stuff not so not, yeah 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 which, which is which a good thing really nice in the winter the wind sucks in the summer it's lovely <laughs> okay wow Have you, are you guys going to put up one of those wind turbines um not right now when we're, we're uh, looking at external ways for energy, we're like we're mostly looking at sun right now. Okay. Solar, um, but that's not to say that eventually that might not creep up. Yeah. We did actually. Um, we planted uh, eight acres of trees. That was. I saw that you put like six thousand or something like that trees. Yeah, like I think it was about sixty-eight hundred or sixty-eight hundred trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes That's, me feel great. Like it, yeah. it just, it's just, it's, it's so nice to be able to positively contribute to our, our world. It, it just is. And again, that makes me sound super nerdy and I am a nerd, but it, it just, it's lovely to be able to just give back. Do you still run? I do. I actually took a run right before we had this call. Yeah. Why, why do you need to run when you're like outside, you're building, you're farming? Like, do you, or, is, or is that more for your, for your mental health? It is my mental health. I was going to say that. It's, it's my form of meditation. And okay. also, I have um, a really hard time focusing. And it, it, it had always kind of been that way. But after having children, it, it amplified my... ADD, so to speak, um, okay. where I'm constantly and thinking about the next thing. And so when I first started trying to meditate, it was near impossible. Um, and I find that when I run, all I focus on is my breathing and my step. Mm. Um, and it, it, it acts as a form of a meditation for me. Um, and it's also as terrible as it sounds, just a, a break for me. Um, it's, it's, a I don't have to worry about the kids or the gardens or the animals or any of that. It's just me running with my dog and I love it. Why did you name your stove Cordelia? Because, <laughs> It was actually a brand name. Oh, like, really? Like an old, but it was uh, Cordella, I think it was. Okay. But when we first got it, that's what I thought it said. So I said Cordelia. My husband thought it was hilarious and then she became Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so that was one of the things, one of our adventures when we first moved out here, when my husband was on paternity leave, we weren't going to have an oven a stove and we are eventually gutting our whole kitchen and redoing it. So we didn't want to spend money on a new one. And actually when we first moved into the place, I thought the kitchen was going to be one of the first things we needed to renovate. Yeah. Um, now it's actually at the bottom of the list. So we, we picked that good old Cordelia up from a church in Muskoka for free. <laughs> oh, wow. You're really learning how to, yeah figure things out eh well and it's even just like 
all the stuff I used to throw out that yeah, of course repurpose. So, um, our, our second fridge, so we, we have two fridges, um, yeah. to help with this, the storing of things. Uh, and our fridge blew one weekend, our backup fridge. Um, I don't know how this happens. The stars must align perfectly, but I lo went on to Kijiji to see if there was anything there. And 15 minutes before I logged in, there was an ad just uh the like town over where someone posted a fridge for free and we got it and it was dirty like it was their garage fridge it was their beer fridge it probably never been cleaned in however long they had it but we got it home cleaned it up and it's perfect and now our old fridge that would have i would have just sent to the dump we're actually turning that into kind of like a cold cellar um, so we're going to dig a spot in the ground, yeah. lower it in, and then I'll keep my carrots for the winter, my carrots, my parsnips, my potatoes, anything that would be need like a cold cellar for that will be in there and I'll have easy access to it through the winter. That's amazing. Um, what's, what's next for the farm? What is next for the farm? So right now we're just finishing up um, getting the second campsite ready. So it's okay. all cleaned out and it's been leveled off. But um, I just finished actually today staining the uh, picnic table. We're going to build a, a picnic table to have out at the campsite. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we will likely start working on the lodge to um, get that in a decent enough shape that we can potentially rent it out and have people stay uh if and when we get out of this this lockdown yeah. Yeah. um and uh and then it's just uh we're, we're coming into the growing season so okay. that's that's gonna be a, a pretty busy time um and uh but those are the, the two pressing and we're actually um updating our deck we had some boards that were getting Kind of dangerous so uh we ripped out a section of the the deck and we had all the lumber delivered and we'll be building that wow yeah yeah it's really cool and like out of out of the blue jesse decided he was gonna he was gonna build an outhouse to go to the campsite and did that in a weekend and it's just it's like i can use a drill now i like it's <laughs> one of those crazy things that I never would have ever saw myself doing, but I can't tell you the joy it brings me when my daughter will ask me to yes. do something that would have automatically just been a dad job. As yeah. Sexist as that sounds, but it's, it's true. I I'd never held a drill, let alone been able to tell you what bit to use. Like it's just, it's, it is, it's mind blowing. Well, when you're, when you're, when you put yourself in, in, in that position that you guys have done, it's, you have no choice but to learn. Well, and it, that's kind of like how this whole process started to begin with. I, I got pregnant for the first time and then it was like, I should probably into what I'm putting in my body. Um, okay. because feeding something that has no control over it. And so then that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of how I, absent-mindedly went to the grocery store and just bought what I wanted. I sure. had no frame of refer reference of where the produce came from, where it was grown, how it was grown. Um, I mean, obviously from an intellectual standpoint, you recognize that when you're eating meat, it's an animal, but it comes nicely pre-packaged, sitting on a shelf. You don't really have to face the facts or acknowledge the fact that something died for you to be able to eat it. Um, and so, so that was the rabbit hole. Like it, it spun from there and like, what is the best kind of food to eat? Is eating locally um, better for you? Is it, should we be eating the foods that are seasonally appropriate? Um, do we need to eat as much meat as we're eating? Um, is eating meat that's been raised the way it's post and fed the way it's supposed to, does that have a, a health impact to yeah. ourselves? Um, and so all of that kind of spiraled into, well, maybe if we farm, we can be healthier, positively contribute to society by providing 
healthy foods mm-hmm. um, and uh, learn something new along the way. Um, and then that kind of just morphed into what we're, what we're doing now. That's amazing. I've got probably like a, a three dozen more questions to ask you, but let, let me ask you one more. Cause I'm, I'm already late for another meeting. I have to go to. Gosh, you work like crazy. Eh? Well, this is volunteer stuff. Volunteer meeting. Oh, well, that's lovely of you to yeah. donate your time. Yeah. Um, you eat your own chickens. Yeah. Yes. Tell yeah. me about that. How do you talk to your kids about it? Uh, tell, tell me about all of that. Cause yeah. I'm sure your kids have names for all the chickens already. <sighs> yeah, it is. It's, um, uh, butchering day is never lovely. Mm. It's, it's always rough. Um, but we, the amount of respect that I have for the food and how little is waste. Yeah. Wasted. Um, it, um it it I think it just gives my children way more respect for food than I ever had yeah Um, and and an appreciation for life in general so we lose chickens along the way before they even make it to the butchery Mm day um so it's it's actually funny i should take a picture and send it to you um my daughter wrote about we we lost a chicken um it it likely had a heart attack just last week oh and and so my daughter sees me carrying it out to the burn barrel and she drew a picture of it upside down and wrote about the, the the dead chicken but um there's there's just more respect for the fact that something had to die in order for us to eat. And, and we don't waste this food. You, we don't uh, throw it out just because we're full. It's something died and we have to acknowledge that. Um, They get to see the the whole, the whole cycle. Um, But I will say the first time we did it, uh, my oldest, she would have been four at the time and it, it, it spiraled. It turned into, uh, uh, so if chickens die, then people die. And if people die, when are you going to die? And if you're going to die, then am I going to die? And it, it, it did. Um, but you should see the compassion she has and the empathy she has. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. Um, so, it, and then like three weeks after that, that huge sob fest over the fact that all the chickens were gone, it was, mom, is this chicken the one that was in the backyard? Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is it is delicious and it's healthy for us and it's gonna feed us and we have to say thank you to it for for allowing us to eat this way so uh we end up consuming less meat because of it because i have an infinitely hard time fitting it in my brain that i spend so much time caring for these animals and making sure they have the best most comfortable life to know that they have a D-Day, like that they will end up being consumed yeah. by us. So it, yeah. it, it, I still really struggle with it. Um, and we eat less meat because of it. <laughs> that is nuts. That yeah. is nuts. Now, now my dog is whining at the door. He wants to be released. Your what kind a, of dog do you have? We have, it's a Chihuahua Boston, no, uh, Chihuahua Jack Russell mix. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Does uh, your Jack Russell do a lot of digging? I could actually use your your dog out here. Yeah, they're, no they're, problem. No they're problem. They're great happy rodents. <laughs> <laughs> he um does he do a lot of digging? Only like in the sofas and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just the yeah. other day, I realized that dogs like to roll around in other dogs' shit. Oh God, my dog. Do you know what he does? He either rolls in the horse poo from the neighbors, or he follows the chickens <laughs> and the ducks around like their little treat dispensers because he likes to eat their poo oh my god oh, yeah. 
like scoop snacks to him. Like, can't get an apple bum. It's disgusting. <laughs> that is hilarious. But he was actually, the dog was a big, one of the reasons why we wanted more space to begin with. We had sure. him at Calgary and like this time, he's a giant German shepherd. And when it was just the two of us and we could take him hiking all the time, it was a non-issue. And then you have kids and you're home yeah. again. And so out here, he's a totally different dog. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's lovely. Chelsea, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. For your time. You. Hold on. I'm gonna, I want to take a... I'll take a screenshot, but the screenshot doesn't work nice. I'm going to take a picture of, of you. With pictures. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Um, oh, people are going to, people at Active are going to love hearing you and listening active. to you. I, I do miss the people. Like, uh, Andrew was such a phenomenal leader. And then I had a ton of strong women role models not to yeah. discount uh the the men out there but sure, sure, sure. it was um it was just a lovely lovely place to work with lots of great people and like i still get to talk to some of them like i'm i'm still nice. connected to you guys through social media yeah and, um and that's a lovely thing but uh i do miss you guys well you are you are definitely missed for sure and your instagram is 27 acres 20 yes. spelled out the number seven and then, and then acres. Yes. Yeah. That is awesome. I'm so you, you guys should be getting like hundreds upon thousands of like views and comments and followers. Uh, I, I, that's one of the things I'm working on. I'm, a, I'm trying to start some sort of blog about like how to's and because all of that stuff was uh, worth so much to us. Yeah. Like, learning from people who had done it before. So we just want to give back in that way. But I'm sorry, I, I'm keeping you. I want to let you No, go. no, no. That's okay. I'm just afraid he's going to pee in here. We <laughs> don't let him outside. But um, thank you again. Thanks so much. No, thank you.